0: So, good evening, church. Good evening. Tonight is June 16th, 2022. Wow. Now, I want you all to realize something. For the last 30 days, we've been doing something. We've been diving into the realities of holy masculinity. Come on. 30 days that we've been meditating and putting this into practice. In fact, we've been immediately putting these things into practice. The very fundamentals of dominion, cultivation, savior, sage, and glory bearer. And our lives and our homes are experiencing the fruit of righteousness from it. Is that happening for you guys? I I don't know, Pastor. I'm not sure if it's happening for you. Are you being
1: blessed by us covering the topics of holy masculinity? Are you seeing the fruit
0: in your homes? Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're all aware... That as we begin to apply these truths, we face the fact that we have not mastered them yet. And there is opposition to applying them inside of us and those under us. However, 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 there is an ultimate truth at play. And that ultimate truth is that we do not discard our God given mandate because of failure, we don't throw it. it away, it's not trash. We get up and we get to work. Let me say that again. We get up and we get to work. Why, you may ask? Because God's work still needs to be done. That's why. And you are the one that he has chosen to do it. We want to highlight something for you tonight. And that is the phrase, you are. Say that with me. You are. Let's expound upon that. You are experiencing the husbandry of Jesus' holy masculinity. And you are reflecting him to those that he's put underneath you. Amen. So to make sure we get this, let's say the title of tonight's message one more time. You are. Pastor, I am so
1: ecstatically, extremely, abundantly grateful to be a part of this family. Amen. This family of believers that doesn't take the word of God lightly. No. No, you guys are serious students of the word. Yes. Pushing past the Peshat and the surface answers that you might be tempted to give. No, you are only satisfied with the tangible truths that challenge your soul. Yes. That direct your steps. Yes. And transform your life and the lives of those entrusted to you. Yes. You are men and women of God who hear the word. You retain the word. Yeah. You persevere, yeah. and you produce a crop 30, 60, and 100 fold. That is words. who you are, LCM. Yeah. Tonight, we are throwing off despair. Yes. We are casting away complacency, yeah. and we command our souls to rejoice in the process of being formed into the image and the likeness of our masculine king. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to stand up and we're going to praise the Lord for the transformation that he is bringing about in us. Mighty God, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for transforming us like you are. Come on.
0: Come on. This is the right place to be tonight. Are you full of praise in this house tonight? Amen. Y'all ready to get into the word? Amen. Let's start turning to Philippians chapter 1 and say, you are, as you're doing so. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. You want to know the way that we feel about this family of believers is that we always pray with joy about you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus thankfulness and praise are in high order for the men inside of this house tonight. Yeah. Here's what we've been given. We have been given clear objectives of what it takes to be a real man of God. Amen. Have you guys received that and understood it? Have, yeah. We have noticed that you have wasted no time, zero time, to put forth the effort required to achieve becoming a real man of God. Your diligence To imitate Christ, you know what it does? It gives us great joy because we see that you are becoming one with him. And this gives us confidence that he will complete the good work he began inside of you. And that good work looks like this. It's becoming a holy, masculine son of God. Gratefulness
1: and praise are also in high order for you ladies in the house. Let me hear you ladies. Ladies. You are directing your mind, your will, and your emotions to the refuge of the one above you, joyfully being led into ongoing shalom, dancing off the dust of your fears that are now crushed under your feet, thanking God on a daily basis that the weight of the world doesn't rest on your shoulders. Because the man that is leading you is chosen by God and empowered to take on that task. Oh, say that last
0: part again. That's an important part.
1: Come on. Because the man that is leading you is chosen by God and empowered
0: to take on the task. Well, ladies, if your husband is sitting next to you tonight, look over and tell him you are chosen by God and empowered to do the task. Come on. (laughs) Bosh and Brother Paul,
1: the only one with game in here. (laughs) <laughs> took full advantage
0: okay so lastly for those of you under the covering of your parents let me hear a shout of gratefulness from you tonight hey that was rather manly fantastic guys you know what I heard when I, whenever you guys shouted that shout of praise no it was not approaching puberty I was about to say I actually didn't hear a crack or crumble in your voice. They've been practicing. They have been practicing, practicing quite a bit. War. Thank you, Discipleship Training, for teaching them how to shout. There you go, Joe. <laughs> Here's what I detected in you young men and women. I detected that you are filled with praise towards God. Amen. And you're filled with praise because you have godly parents directing and overseeing the direction of your lives. They give you wise counsel from his word. They increase your strength to persevere. They provide a family banner that is training you in righteousness. And listen very closely. You are the next righteous generation who will hold to the deep truths of the faith. You are the next righteous generation who will further the call of this church and the purposes in which God has intended. So let me ask everybody up in here. Do you have gratefulness in the house of God tonight?
1: All right, let's jump into dominion because we're we're reflecting on Sunday's word. Now, a few months ago, we talked about a man, a man who has since been reincarnated in another young man. We talked about Jehu, and we're going to run that back. Turn to 2 Kings 10, (laughs) pick it up in verse 15. Verse 15, he said, after he left there, he came upon Jehonadab, son of Rakab, who was on his way to meet him. Jehu greeted him and said, Are you in accord with me as I am with you? I am, Jehonadab answered. If so, Jehu said, Give me your hand. So he did, and Jehu helped him up into the chariot. Jehu said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Amen. Then he made him ride in his chariot.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: Riding high. Shoulders were leaning. Like Jehonadab, who was called up into Jehu's chariot in order to take part in zealous right action. Our great king, our masculine master, is calling us Amen. up into zealous right action as those who are forcefully advancing his dominion on earth. He's teaching us how to do it forcefully, how to take dominion forcefully. Amen. You are on the warpath, church. He is helping us to walk in the authority of dominion, LCM, this war path that you're on, it's because you are actively putting into practice what you are learning. Amen. I want to repeat that. You are actively putting into practice what you are learning, and God is multiplying your efforts. Yes. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah for the faithfulness of our God to do this.
0: Amen. Look, begin to make your way to Joshua chapter 17. Say you are as you turn in there. You are. Come on, Nick Rhodes, let me hear you say you are. you are. I thought you were gonna say you are. <laughs> Still the same. He's been conditioned. Jo- He's jo- yeah. He is full blown Texan. <laughs> Joshua seventeen verse seventeen. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are. Numerous and very powerful. You will not, you will have not only one allotment, but the forested heel country as well. well. Clear it, and its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites had chariots fitted with iron, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. We can look around and see how God has blessed this church and has been blessing your families. The fact is, as we can see on the stage, And in the fruit of your lives, you are numerous and very powerful. In fact, you are able to take dominion of unconquered land. And the reason why is because it's yours. That's why we have not decreased in the pursuit of taking dominion. But what we can see evident in this church is that you are increasing and taking dominion. That is so good. This land that God is telling you to conquer. The land that
1: he's telling you to take dominion over, it's yours. It belongs to you. And it's within your power to take dominion of Amen. it. Let me, let's talk about why we can do that, though. Joshua was a man under the dominion of God. He was rightly receiving dominion and, and under the dominion of God. So he knew how to rightly show dominion to the men under him. Yes, he did. You are connecting with the head above you and working to operate under their dominion with more obedience and with more joy over the last 30 days, if I could sum up the things that's been happening, what I can see is there's been more obedience and there's been more joy because we're finding out that we can do it. Amen. We are doing it. You are stepping up and taking dominion over everywhere and in every situation he sets your feet in. You are always the one that has the tactical advantage because you are in the dominion of God. Like Joshua assured those under his dominion, the Lord is saying to us, you can do it and you will do it.
0: Everyone say, I am taking dominion. I am taking dominion. Look, we want you to know that you are able to express dominion because you are in the dominion of Christ. He is working into you what is pleasing to him, and it begins with dominion. Don't going to get personal
1: for a second. Y'all mind if we do that? It wouldn't matter if you mind it because I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Share with us the way you feel.
1: Let me tell you how I feel, Pastor. All right. I, I mean the Lintons are experiencing the dominion of God, and that dominion is flowing downhill. But also, I am witnessing you, my brothers and my sisters, who yeah. I know intimately. You are responding to the dominion that is over your life with more urgency and more immediacy. This is causing men in this room to take dominion in their homes, to take dominion over their workplaces. It's causing my my single brothers to take dominion over their workplaces as well, amongst other things. I am watching the women in this church joyfully respond to their husband's dominion and transferring that dominion to their children amen that 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 dominion is flowing downhill and it is excellent it's not easy but you're not asking it to be easy because your expectations aren't false expectations they have been set based on the dominion of Christ based on the dominion that he brings about taking dominion is hard work and you are fit for the task it's why God created you what we've been learning in Genesis 3:18 and 19 and something that has been like an a alarm going off in my family is that we are going to have to work to bring both creation and our families under the subjugation of the kingdom of God. True. We, should, we should expect that it's going to take work because he promised it. But he also promised that you would do it. LCM, you are overflowing with gratefulness because God has given you this task and he's given you the strength to do so. Dominion is the starting point that sets up success for all the remaining traits of holy masculinity.
0: So dominion is a starting point that sets up success for all remaining traits of holy masculinity. Let's now move to cultivating. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 2. Say you are as you're turning. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. I'm about to go the way of all the earth. He said, so be strong, act like a man, man. act like a man and observe what the Lord, your God requires, walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses, do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go in this passage, David, David is speaking to his son, Solomon. And you know what he's doing? He's using his words to cultivate confidence in his his son's heart. Look, the voice of a father is the solution to secure the hearts of his household. Let me say that again. The voice of a father is the solution to secure the hearts of his household. Praise God for fathers in his house. God has given him that position to lead cultivation in his household. It's with authority and it's with weight, love and care, having their best interests in mind that God is using him to raise up life that springs forth from his own home. What David is saying here to his son is he's saying, son, you are, you are able to be strong. You are able to act like a man. You are able to hold faithfully to what God requires of you. Son, I know what you were capable of and you are the one God chose to cultivate this dominion that's then being handed on to you. Think about that. If you're in Solomon's shoes and you're hearing King David as your father speaking to you about how capable you really are already, it's not something to shoot for in the future is that your father has a better perspective of who you are than you do. And we need to trust that word that comes from our Father telling us what we can do. Church, you are being cultivated by God's commands. And therefore, you are able to be prosperous, to be fruitful in everything that you do. Think about where you are right now. Is there a time in your walk that you've been stronger and more equipped to cultivate than this? No. No. We are at the highest level of being equipped, the greatest level of strength and veracity in pursuing the kingdom than we are right now. You are more prosperous and fruitful than ever before, and that is the reason why we are taking time tonight to celebrate. Are you grateful that you are now in a place of being stronger and more equipped than ever before? Philippians
1: 2.13. For it is God, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's God who's doing this. Now reflect on how much God has been faithful to cultivate you. Because we can go a few hours about how he's been faithful to cultivate me. (laughs) Not only considering the years of cultivation he has done to increase fruitful relationships and revelation, we're talking about in the past 30 years days. has your life changed yes has your outlook on leadership changed yes has your outlook on being a man and a rightly following your husband ladies has that changed in the last 30 days yes has it improved yes. has it been transformed yes. we have something to praise God about That's true. he is causing life to spring up in what was dry and desolate life is budding forth in this place
0: Look, as we we look at this passage in Philippians 2.13, you know what an encouraging part of it is? For it is God who works in you. It's been his hands who have been at work in the soil of your hearts. He is the vine dresser who has pruned you in order to become even more fruitful. Well, how do you know this? Well, you are filled with the ability to have his will directing your will. And it is done with a thankful and grateful heart. You are acting according to his good purpose and know that his divine nature that is leading you to do it all along. Church, you are able to cultivate your family, your God-given dominion, because he is working in you to will and act according to his good purpose. Look, I've seen this close up. And I've personally witnessed how the men in this church are cultivating their families. And I, I have the joy and the gratefulness of God overflowing inside of me because of what I'm witnessing. I've had some time to interact with the Sosas, the Philips, and the Molochs. And these men are experiencing the cultivating work of Christ. I'm talking about digging in the soil, planting a seed, and watching an abundant crop grow from their own households. It's evident in the way that God is causing them to will and act In his holy masculinity. You know what's happening? In their lives. In their teams. Life is coming out of their marriages. Unity is forming at a greater pace and density than ever before. I'm watching discernment. Good, righteous, and accurate discernment about decisions that are happening between them. And how can we not notice the godly growth that's occurring in their children? They're growing in knowledge and in practical application of the word. Oh, but it's not just these three families. I got a f- few more of you guys to name. How about Spencer McClain? Yeah. Yes. I've personally witnessed how many times Spencer is hungering and thirsting for Righteousness. He is seeking the word to cultivate his own heart, and immediately he takes it and begins to feed his two girls. They're getting a better grasp of the word now than they ever have before. I'm thinking about Ray Pena. Let me hear Jesus, Ray. Yes! Ray is growing at a furious pace. He is speaking with authority in his team unity meetings. He's sharing depth of scripture because of his personal engagement. Such such growth has been happening in the Peña household. And it's because Ray is taking serious his responsibility to cultivate. Oh, what about Assad Robinson? Hey. I'm watching this brother take a stand on holiness and righteousness. He is rightly letting the word, cutting his heart, but he has no problem with that other side of the edge of God's word. He is ready to apply it just as equally and forcefully to the hearts of others because that man wants to cultivate others' hearts just like God has cultivated his own. What about Nolan Hewitt? Where you at, Nolan? He's at work. Nolan, you relay this to me. Nolan is as transparent as a piece of uh, a saran wrap. There's nothing that brother can hide. God has gifted him with that transparency. It is a blessing to us because everything that's in his heart shows right up on his face, and he desires the help needed to cultivate what's really inside of him. That's a brother worth imitating. Can't hold that man down. What about Mr. Mario Clement? He's raising up generations back there. He's with our kids. How about that? He is currently cultivating the hearts of our children. I've watched Mario be an immovable pillar of faith. I've watched him be a constant source of loyalty to God and to the brotherhood. This is a brother who is constantly seeking the word and growing in greater depths of it, and it's overflowing into the brotherhood and into this church. Not to mention what he is pouring into his girls. The rate at which both of his, young, his younger girls can get to a scripture before any one of us is astounding. And that is a testament to the cultivation that Mario and Alicia have poured into their family. Catch up. Catch up. So overall, church, this is what we want to say. You are cultivating. Yeah. Just look at the fruit. Look at the fruit that's evident in your own lives and in your own homes. You have every reason to take confidence that you are cultivating. So let me hear every man in this house express gratitude by shouting, I am cultivating. I
1: am cultivating. Come on. And it's moving on right to the next. We're going to saviors. Turn with me to Ezra 10, picking up in verse 4. Rise up.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do it. So Israel rose up and put the leading priests and Levites and all Israel under oath to do what had been suggested. And they took the oath. In this, church, in this pastors' church, you know that the Israelites have been entangled uh, in some idolatrous relationships that they shouldn't have been in. They're not in good shape right now. But how does God allow them to experience salvation. Oh, tell us. It's not by rescuing them from the difficulties no. of what was required of them. No. Instead, he saved them from the source of death. Yeah. The result of sin. While leaving the difficulty of choosing what was righteous over what they had desired. Amen. We have been engaging in the in the ways with which our Father is graciously allowing us to experience. Biblical salvation. Amen. And therefore, how to reflect that salvation in others. We don't rescue our wives. We don't rescue our children. We don't rescue our brothers from the difficulties that God has put in their life to develop them. Amen. We do, however, save them from the source of death. Yes. LCM, we want to tell you, you are able to be a savior. Amen. Because he is daily saving you from evil while allowing difficulties to develop you. Church, this revelation has been one of the strongest and the more more pronounced in our family because we are learning what it actually means to be a savior. And we're seeing that all of you are learning what it actually means to be a savior. See, what God is doing, he is opening our eyes so that we are now able to kick to the curb those pseudo-savior tendencies and be real saviors that imitate our God. Praise God for what he is showing us. We're not pseudo-cultivators. We're not rescuing from difficulties when that is the very thing that God is using to actually make somebody grow. No, he is teaching us how to reflect him even as he is saving us. Yes. God is not waiting at all. No. This brought to mind one of my favorite passages out of Psalm 116. Turn there with me to Psalm 116, and we're going to pick up in verse 12. It says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation. Amen. Think about that cup that Jesus lifted up. He didn't ask to be removed from a situation, no. He lifted up his cup before the Lord because he knew that he would save him ultimately. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the lord in the presence of all his people how can i repay him i can lift up my voice in grateful praise knowing that his salvation to me it will result in salvation to others can you do the same can you lift up your voice in praise because you know that the same way he is saving you that's what he's going to use to save those around you yes well lift it up then You are fulfilling your vows to the Lord because I see you displaying your gratefulness in times of distress, in times of cultivation, in times where there are difficulties. You are lifting up a hand. You are raising up your face to the Lord and saying, Lord, I trust you and I love what you're producing in my life. Amen. You are being led by the sovereign Lord into his salvation and in turn doing the same for others.
0: Amen. Let's get some of that sagely wisdom, Pastor. Let's get some sagely wisdom. Everybody turn to Isaiah chapter 30. Say you are as you turn. We're going to pick up in verse 20. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more those with sagely wisdom. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Your ear will be attuned to the sagely counsel that God the Father has given you. Look, sages are those who have been taught by the Lord over seasons, plural, seasons, Through adversity and affliction, and they have grown in their depth of connection to the authority that is above them. Adversity and affliction, doesn't that create an immediate dependency on the authority that's above you? That is by God's design. A sagely father has an intimate knowledge of the heavenly father. Why? Because he has experienced the countless trials that have trained his ear to detect the the voice of the Lord the very voice that is in directing his steps. This is the way. Walk in it. Gaining wisdom in each adversity to then become a source of counsel for his family and the body of believers is what it looks like to develop into a sage. And we want to say tonight to you, you are able. Yep. You are able to experience those seasons of adversity and affliction. And you are able to hear the voice of God giving you direction as then you will give your family direction. You are able to develop into a sage because he is leading you through seasons of trial and error, giving you wisdom through experience, and then passing it down to your generations. First John 2.13. Let me hear you are as you're turning there.
1: I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the father. See, you are able to become sages because you are not backing up from difficulties. You are rejoicing in your trials because you know that the testing of your faith is producing perseverance, LCM. Praising your heavenly father until it finishes its work. Resulting in you being mature and not lacking in anything. Yeah. By the time we, we as we continue to, to go through these cycles and these seasons, we learn more and more and more. That, hey, I don't lack anything in any situation. I am a son of the living God. Full of wisdom that will accelerate your descendants and disciples further Amen. down the highway of holiness. Amen. You are increasing in dominion, cultivation, and saving lives, families and nations.
0: All right, so I gotta ask, has anyone in this room ever heard a revelation of our way of life and tried and failed at your attempt to put into practice? Leave your hands up. You are developing into sages because of that very thing. Don't let discouragement, don't let despair settle in and take your hand off of the plow of moving forward. Rejoice in that very moment. Stand back up on your feet and continue to do what you have already been doing. God's help is here. God's help is right there with you. And he is there to help you develop the wisdom that it takes to become a sage. Rejoice in it. When that happens, when you try and you fail, stand back up and begin to praise the living God. Thank you, mighty God, for giving me the ability to learn today. I'm grateful for a few more things. I'm grateful to see men like Justin Triester, Carlos Rueda, Paul Rosales, and Adam Cora. These are men that I'm seeing them Joyfully persevering under trial, lifting up their heads and saying, thank you, God, for your wisdom and strength being formed in me right now through this trial. So listen to me, church. You are men who are becoming sages. You are a body of believers that are gaining the confidence and competence that comes from the living God. You are a group of believers who are looking forward to the next trial and error, anticipating it because you are experiencing the God intended development through the very difficulties that you're, you're having. So to everybody in this room, I say that you are able to become a sage. You are able to go through seasons of development. Is the Lord giving you seasons of trial and error? Has the Lord given you sages around you that can help you through it? Then you are able to lift up a shout of gratefulness right now for both. Amen. That is producing something that's awesome.
1: And I want to key us back into the way that Pastor Wade opened the service and that Pastor Eric closed the worship. What we have in this church is something that is special. Because God is making us into his glory. I mean, he, he is, he is yes. perfecting it. He's buffing it. He's making it shine. <laughs> but we are radiating the glory and the magnificence of our Father, yeah. and we're not gonna let that go. No, that, that's just one revelation that I'm not gonna let slip to the wayside, and we're not gonna let you do it either. Amen. We are becoming His glory bearers. Yeah. Ephesians 2:8. Picking up uh, Ephesians 2 verse 8. Say you are as you're getting there. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Family, you are specifically created with the intent that you would reflect the image and the glory of God to the entire world. Yes, you are the answer because you are reflecting the image and the glory of God. You are God's workmanship, his handiwork, and we can see his handiwork in each one of your lives.
0: Look, it's evident we can see that you are bearing the image of God because you are seeking to please the one above you. We see this at work in your lives. And this is the result of you seeking to please the one above you, ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing glory is a result of you operating within that right order, looking to reflect the one that's above you. All right, now y'all remind me, what's the title of this message? You
1: are. You are. You are bearing the glory of God. So what are you going to do when we leave tonight? You're going to continue to bear the glory of God. Amen. We're going to continue to grow Amen. in the steps that we've been given. But you are the glory of God, and you can do it. Amen. You are made in the image and likeness of God, created by him to show his glory and greatness to the entirety of creation, both the seen and the unseen. As we have been engaging with the truths of Scripture regarding these five traits, it has been transforming what our view is of manhood. It's been transforming of what we see as holy and masculine. Yeah. His image in you has been reflecting with more and more radiance and majesty. Through your faithfulness to do the work. I'm talking about the hard work of, of, of dominion. The hard work of cultivation. Of responding rightly to salvation. And to, to committing yourself to becoming sages through seasons. You have been reflecting the glory of God. And I don't know if it's, if it's evident to you, but it's evident to everybody around here that the people in this room are growing more now in the last 30 days than we ever have before. Yes. It is taking effect. Speaking of glory bears, tell us. I want to brag on my glory bear. My wife, Ooh. Akua, listen, Linton, she has been reflecting the glory that God has given me. Through her joyfully living under the dominion that God gave me, being thankful and wanting the cultivation, Amen. responding rightly to the Lord's salvation, and doing this over seasons, church glory is rolling downhill in the linen household, Amen. and she is my glory bearer. Yes.
0: Oh, I got another glory bearer to talk about. It's not Miss Cassidy, though. She is a glory bearer. She's not here right now. It's a, it's a man who possesses holy masculinity in my household. It's Brother Bim. Yeah. Everybody look over there. Y'all see Bim's radiant and glory face? Yeah. Shining, brother. He, Weird a mustache. <laughs> that's, that's baby face Bim right now. But y'all, y'all see the Shekinah glory reflecting off of his yeah. face. Now, this is not due to buttercream. <laughs> it's that stuff that he and I put on our ashy legs. <laughs> it's true. We, ha- we do have the same stuff. I knew we was Ken <laughs> I see the glory of God on Bim's face because he is taking holy masculinity serious. Every morning, every evening, and times in between, he comes and hunts me down in my own house knocking on the bathroom door, meeting me in the garage, catching me at the truck, meeting me in my office, stopping me in the kitchen. That brother is hungry for the glory of God. He is hungry to put in practice the very things that he sees in his life. He's taking it serious. Yes, Lincoln, that's exactly right. And that glory is the same glory that I see on every single one of your faces. I see you guys hungry and thirsting for God's glory to be displayed in you. And what God has given us in the past 30 days are very clear steps of how we can all achieve it together.
1: Church, when you are more and more grateful for the seasons that God is bringing you through, when you are more and more grateful for being under his dominion, more and more grateful for his cultivation, more and more grateful for him saving you the way that he wants to save you, (laughs) Church, that is producing something that is glorious. And it is more guaranteed that he will work in you in the future. Yes. Glory begets glory. Wives in the room, we want to share with you a little uh, beauty tip, beauty secret.
0: Justin found this out.
1: Oh, yeah. It is a truth that will make your face more radiant than the oil of Olay. (laughs) Gratefulness will make you glow. We're talking about gratefulness that gets your shine on. (laughs) Let me hear you godly glowing women give a
0: God gratefulness. (laughs) Give God gratefulness. So that beauty beauty secret is that gratefulness makes you glow, ladies.
1: (laughs) Look at how Mary responds to circumstances that in the eyes of those around her were grounds to stone her. So we're going to turn to Luke 146. Just want to key in on the fact that in the eyes of those around her, Mary was deserving of death. Let's see how she responded to those circumstances. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Come on. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. In the midst of this difficulty, you can plainly see that she is reflecting the glory and radiance of both her husband and of God. While her husband was rightly functioning under the dominion of God himself, he was making a decision that most thought wasn't wise. Do you hear the gratefulness that is filling her speech? Yes, that is what we need in our hearts and coming off of our lips. This is a model for us. Let us put into practice what is clearly seen in this passage and say with gratefulness, I am a
0: glory bearer. I am a glory bearer. So we want your hearts to take courage tonight. What we see is the evidence of you can do this. You can and you are going to walk in the five traits of holy masculinity. And here's something that's, that's even more praiseworthy. It only gets better from here. Yeah. Yeah. This is our starting point. We're 30 days into this, and look at what has already come to the surface. Come on, somebody say, it's going to get better. Revelation 19, verse 6 and through 8 is our last scripture, or through 7. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and loud, like loud peals of thunder, shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride, that's you, that's me, that's this church, has made herself ready. So right now begin to stand to your feet. We're gonna make ourselves ready by giving praise, thanks, and gratefulness to God. He is helping us reflect his holy masculinity and we're just getting this train rolling. So as Linton begins to pray, I want you to lift up a shout of praise and celebrate what he is doing in us. Are you ready,
1: church? Church, we're not going to another scripture, but Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We not done. We we, We got work to do, but how are we gonna do it? The joy of the Lord is gonna be our strength. So we're gonna celebrate right now, the goodness of God for what he has done, and in faith, what he is doing continually. Mighty God, we praise the greatness of your name. Yeah. Lord, we glorify your faithfulness, Lord, to transform us again and again. Lord, we praise you, and that praise always, always, always be on our toes. Yeah.